Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, here we go. Getting close to media day, getting close to the preseason, getting close to the regular season. The 2023-2024 regular season is just over that horizon. And one thing I recommend to my fellow jamsters, don't eat a bunch of pasta and then take your dogs on a walk to get over that horizon. Kind of upsets the belly a little bit. I will definitely be muting myself on this podcast to burp off to the side. So if you're watching along live on YouTube, first and foremost, thank you. If you're on the Twitter or the Facebook or the Twitch channel, thank you. And if you see like all of a sudden I, I'm doing just like one of these, know that it's a muted burp and be thankful that you're not in the room. But it was good pasta, some of that Costco pasta. Matthew, when you go for runs and walks, do you eat pasta before – before you go out and do Always. Isn't that what they used to do back in the day in the 60s? They used to bu- eat a bunch of pasta because it was carbs. It was supposed to be good for you, right? Oh, you know, you know who said that was Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk said back in the day when he was younger, they thought they would eat a lot of pasta before they go skate. That gives them energy. Turns out nowadays it's like totally opposite because John's burping and farting. You don't want to get I didn't say him. farting. Oh, well, it's coming. Correct dude. yourself. It, it's coming. And. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say we we're close to a DA trade, but we'll no, about no, that no. soon. No, I mean for those of you who are watchers of the the miniseries Band of Brothers, one thing that I'm very excited is uh, about is the fact that Band of Brothers is currently on Netflix, as is the Pacific. It's a ten part miniseries made by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks that premiered back in 2001, uh, following Easy Company 506 as they parachute into Normandy all the way to uh, Hitler's Nest. It's it's an amazing series, uh, probably my favorite snippet of television. I watch it once a year, and it's currently out on Netflix for everyone to see and, and probably a lot of people discover for the first time. But one of those uh, uh, aspects of their basic training in episode one is they make them eat a bunch of pasta and spaghetti because they're like, hey, it's raining. We're not doing PT today. And then they have to go run. Uh, what's the name of the oh, the hill? I know. It's oh, not, is it? Uh, it's not Karen Tan. Um, Strawberry Hill. That's definitely. It's it's definitely not. <laughs> Cur- Curry. They have Curry to run Hill. six okay. six miles up, six miles down, and they have to run up the hill, and they're like puking up pasta. It's what I felt like tonight. So. Oh, uh, but welcome, <laughs> Jamsters, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. You're not going to get that content anywhere else. Nowhere. <laughs> uh, plenty plenty to talk about on this edition of the podcast we are going to be joined by magic man sean grice uh, from the lakers fast break podcast as we break down the final segment of the nba standings as we preview it for the season we're talking about the top end of the western conference and obviously sean and his team were in the western finals last season so it'll be really interesting not only to talk about different teams in our in our respective division and conference with him and get his perspective as well, but also have an understanding of what his personal expectations are of the Lakers and how he views the Suns from afar. I'm also going to talk at the front end of this podcast after we pop open some ice-cold, teeth-cracking cold beers uh, about the DA trade, uh, the one that has not happened. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a little fun little podcast there, Matthew. Yeah, we got a lot going on. I'm um, already 50 minutes in. We've been talking about burps and farts, so... 
if you're new to the channel, (laughs) I mean, I'm ready to talk some basketball. If you're new to the channel, subscribe, rate and review, hit the thumbs up button. If you're on Apple podcast, give us a five star review because you know, it's, it's your contributions to the podcast that keep up the verps and keeps up the farts and some of the verps and some of the snarts and all that fun stuff. So if you have one pop them sons fans, cause we got plenty to talk about as we prepare for the new season. Getting ready to preview the top end of the Western Conference. But first and foremost, I want to welcome to the podcast from the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, none other than the Magic Man, Sean Grice, ladies and gentlemen. Sean, how are you doing? I'm well, John. Thank you again for inviting me on the show. I'm a huge fan of both you and Matthew and uh, glad to be talking ball. I hope that our fans are as nice to you in the chat as your fans were when Matthew and I went to on the Lakers Fast Braid podcast. They were nothing but uh, complimentary. They were nice. They were like, hey, these guys aren't that bad. But, again, again, you guys are like winners and champions and and, and whatnot. So I guess you can pair <laughs> yourself with a little bit of that swagger and be like, huh, you pesky sons with your, with your purple that's not as uh, – or is, is prettier than ours. Is that, is that how you guys look at us as Suns fans? No. <laughs> You know what? I have uh, I have tremendous respect for the Suns, John. Uh, as far as basketball history is concerned, um, they're covered in in good and bad. Um, look, I am wearing my Steve Nash. I love it. Oh wow, that's awesome! Draft day, yeah. Uh, two reasons. One is um, you don't really get a lot of. Uh, actual graphic tees with the flip foam from the 90s which i actually had for years uh and two uh he's probably the top five point guard of all time and i'm not sure how you guys feel but i would rate him as the sun's greatest point guard of all time yeah i think um i definitely do i think chris paul was close and i think chris paul actually was number one at once last year um for like that's two because games. of the that's because of the nba going to the nba finals of course what he brought here to phoenix but steve nash i don't know I, it's another night i think for another debate i just i have to think about that one again mm-hmm. it's right. a very it's a very nostalgic night because matthew is also wearing a steve nash shirt yes right? i am and, and i and forgot I'm, i was <laughs> and i'm rocking a sean marion shirt here you this. know the matrix so we're definitely uh giving a nod to the seven seconds or less era but t- focusing on this team, this version of the Phoenix Suns, obviously uh, it all kind of starts with all the rumors that have been around our fifth year, entering a sixth year center, DeAndre Ayton. Watch. Now, this will be interesting because I want to hear Sean's point of view from the outside looking in, but there's been a lot of rumors that have yet to come to fruition uh, since last Thursday about DeAndre Ayton potentially being uh, in a deal that would somehow, some way, move Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard out of Portland and into either Toronto's arms, into Miami's arms. There's been rumors of Yusef Nurkic coming to the Suns, OG Ananobi, uh, Scotty Barnes. Uh, I think that there's 
some guy who smokes cigarettes outside of a Circle K who might end up as a part of the trade too. Uh, I think that the Denver Broncos are going to try to trade us. Uh, Russell Wilson is a part of this trade. There's just been so many rumors around this trade information. What what have you heard, Sean? Uh, and and what are your thoughts from the outside looking in on one DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, you know what, John? It's uh, it's interesting. That guy is so filled with talent. It's uh, it's it's remarkable how he, you know, it's almost as if it's like a faucet with him. Like he'll turn it on and turn it off whenever he wants. Um, and that's disappointing from a Suns fan's perspective. So I understand the the problem with him. He's so wishy washy, uh, especially in crunch time. Uh, but my God, when he is rolling, he is a force. He really is. He can be a, a dominant game changer on both ends. Uh, I'm with you. I've been hearing the same kind of scuttlebutt, like back and forth. It's like almost as if, you know, if, if Dame Lillard is going and we know he's going, then you know James Jones is on a phone somewhere trying to reroute DeAndre Ayton. And I think split up that money and try and get a couple of shooters or, you know, a three and D and then maybe a defensive specialist, which would be a boon for the Suns. I mean, I still think there there are moves to be made for the Suns. They're not finished yet. What do you think about everything, Matthew, and how after John Gambadoro said – 24 hours or hours. Yeah. yeah. I, I do a better Vince Murata than I do John Gambadoro. No, that was yeah. good. <laughs> I was actually yeah, going to wait till you finish that one. Are you yeah, done? John, John Gambadoro saying, uh, no, nah, yeah, I am. I'm yeah. not going to do my Gambadoro. John Gambadoro. Gamba <laughs> um, Gamba yeah. 24 uh, <laughs> hours until Dane Willers traded. And here we are. That was Thursday. Yes. It's now Tuesday, the following week. Nothing's happened. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? It's crazy. I thought before this podcast, uh, before it tipped off, before we went on air, I thought we would actually have a DA trade. Um, it is crazy because I think last pod I did say that, you know, I just, I feel like it was going to happen. I just, you could feel it in the air, the way that he's mentioned again in uh, trade rumors. And that's kind of disheartening to him too. And I feel like he kind of wants to get out of here now. Um, I still think it's going to happen. Um, it's kind of, you know, even like last pod, I was kind of, you know, going a little bit hard how, I feel like I do that every time, though. How, you know, I'm just kind of disappointed in DA in ways. But really thinking about the trade and when it actually does happen, which I still think it's it's possibility, almost 99% sure it's going to happen and DA is going to be gone. If it does happen, it's going to be pretty sad. Um, I think it's a lot left on the table. Um, a guy that we really truly, Jamster, you know we all root for him and we all give him a hard time. But if it were to happen, and most likely it's going to, it's going to be hard to move on from him and just not have a team with DA, no matter how much shit we did give him and stuff. Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I am very surprised it didn't happen yet. Um, do you think though, John, like this is actually going to be pulled off anytime soon this week or cause I keep hearing other teams like the Raptors and now even like the bucks Giannis wants to play with Lillard. So things keep changing, right? Are you still on? This is BS. This is BS. Are you? Okay. I think it's all BS. I think it's like Taylor Swift and and Travis Kelsey's relationship. I hey, think that's it's real. All a smoke screen. Don't you? That's don't a smoke screen, Matthew. <laughs> I know it all too well. I don't care about that. It's. I think it's a big smoke screen. As I stated in the last podcast, I think a lot of these rumors are probably being leaked out uh, by Portland. Again, Portland calls the Suns, and the Suns might look at it and go, you know, the phone's ringing. They pick it up, and it's like, is this a telemarketer? But I'm waiting on my 
my uh, I, my insurance is calling to see if I can get in for the MRI next Tuesday. So I got to pick it up. They pick it up and they're like, they're like, oh, hi, it's the Portland Trailblazers. You're like, goodbye. And then, then Portland goes and tells everybody, hey, we've been calling the Suns, right? So I think that there's a lot of smoke. Now you're hearing Giannis and Dame and OG Ananobi. Yeah. And, and, and and there's always going to make some tr- – there's going to be some truth at the heart of any rumor, but everything has been, to this point, just a rumor. And although the Suns are doing their due diligence by picking up the phone – they're not actively shopping DeAndre Ayton as some make it seem that they might be. And again, I have this based on almost zero knowledge. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow, some way, something did happen. Uh, just because Ayton at this point and his agent could go to the Suns and be like, listen, dude, I keep hearing my name. Fuck this. Like, just make something happen. I'm, I'm just tired of this. Move on from me. If you're going to continue to do this shit, move yeah. on from me. And that's where a real human-to-human conversation needs to occur. But I honestly think that there's just a lot of smoke screens. I think it's good that the Phoenix Suns uh, haven't moved on from him because, as I've stated before, I really, really want to see him as a member of this team and how he fits into the puzzle and how he can really focus on the defensive side of the ball and become an elite rim protector, which is what yeah. Frank wants and thrives on in his system, knowing that and and hoping that fan son son fan sons fans fan sons sons fans understand that offenses uh, his offensive production might take a dip due to the fact that you have Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant on this team. He's not going to go out there and get you a twenty and ten. What we can hope for is like fifteen and thirteen or fifteen and twelve because he's really focusing on the rebounds and maybe. With his maturity, with his time away from the team, he finds his niche with this new team, and great things happen. I want to see that before we move on and we're plugging in Nurkic with OG Ananobi and Mm -hmm. doing all these things. So we'll see. But I'm glad that it hasn't happened. You know, I keep thinking it's more of just DA wanting out of here now because when you do mention that of like what we want, what we want him to be and what he should be playing, how he should be playing defensively, he wants to be the dominating guy obviously defensively but does he want to take a step back offensively he's still a young guy like that might just that might hurt his career right in the future if he were to actually stay here and be surrounded by the superstars that we have and not have the touches like his game might just squander you know what i mean like it might just kind of have him it it makes me think that he just kind of wants out of here now more than anything i think obviously he might not get along with book or something like that who knows but i think da just kind of had it and i don't blame him if he wants to go somewhere else and be the vocal point somewhere that would be great for him in his career but at no time has he said like i want to move on like that's no nowhere so i'll ask i'll ask sean this would you be a fan if the suns traded deandre into your team the los angeles lakers uh, I would have mixed feelings about that, John. Walk me through those feelings. This is like <laughs> this, he's already it's, there. It's, it's, the, it's, so, the, it's the Suns therapy yeah. session. So, yeah. so uh, his skills as a pick and roll big man are like five, top five percent in the league when he's on. About very few. Maybe Anthony Davis, Giannis. Maybe you want to throw Carl uh, Anthony Towns in there as a shooter, but as pick and roll monsters go he's he's a frankenstein when he's going um he's also uh, you know what john he's uh, when he's focused he's a really helpful uh help defender as well he he could be a very good rim deterrent absolutely Mm -hmm. no question about it but as you said before it's just his motor i don't know what it is um it seems like he's juiced for like 15 minutes and then you can't get a squeeze 
uh, out of that uh, juice bottle for another 15 minutes. It, it kind of reminds me of Andrew Wiggins uh, mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, at times when Wiggins between, you know, 15 and, and 17, he could be the best player on the floor for about 25 minutes, but then he'd disappear for another 20. Yeah. And that's how I kind of feel about Aiton. I, I don't know what it is. Do you guys do you guys think that was a it's a coaching issue with his uh-huh. motor? I, I think uh, that, you know, there's there's an old adage that we say in in sun circles is D.A. can't pass himself the ball. And that's a lot of times some of the challenges that would happen is early in the games. They would get him involved uh, to take advantage of the way that the opposition was playing Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul. And as the time, as the game would progress, DA would come out, he'd be set in high screen and rolls and they just wouldn't pass him the ball. And their entry passes have been very, very subpar his entire career here in Phoenix. No one knows how to fucking get DA the ball on the block. I've never seen anything like it. So, and I feel like that compounds itself. He has an amazing nine point first quarter. The second quarter, he touches the ball three times. Everyone's like, well, what the hell happened with Aiden? The third quarter, now he's disengaged. Now he has, as as you said, like when he when he turns it on, he's on, but it's hard for him to get it turned on and stay focused because he's no longer part of the offensive game plan. And by the fourth quarter, he's he can be potentially, you know, quote unquote, choking in moments because he just hasn't had any play. You look at his production and the way that he shoots the ball 65 percent of the time. He has the highest field goal percentage by anybody to ever attempt 150 shots or more in a postseason that happened in 2021 most ever. So he is highly productive, but again, he can't get himself the ball. So I don't necessarily in the same breath, see that improving, moving this next season. It's not like they're going to be like, all right, here's what's going to happen. DA is going to become a focal point on offense with Kevin uh, Durant, Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. So that's why I say, and I temper the expectations of my fellow Suns fans. It's like, listen, don't expect massive offensive production from DA. You want engagement on the defensive ends and on the boards. And that's what we need to understand and be happy with and know that he can execute that. Yeah. And also, dude, I, I think it, it was back and forth every game. You would have the games where DA would struggle and we'd be pissed off. And then he wouldn't get the ball. We're like, why is he not getting the ball? But the thing is, like, these guys, these the, the stars that are on our team, they're very unselfish. And I think it's going to be possible for da to put up some decent numbers just because he's going to feed off of that so it's up to him to really adapt to what they're trying to do there with the three stars dude he can he can totally feed off of that and have have some big games right booker's always said man that he's a 30 and 20 guy he Mm -hmm. is so i mean he can be a 20 and 10 guy still with this team i think well time will tell and He's still a member of this team, and I'm looking forward to media day next week. Uh, next Monday is when the Phoenix Suns have their media day. And, God, I hope we're just not bombarding DA with questions about, like, what are your thoughts on being traded? That's, Somebody will ask. It'll be the first what, question. I was going to ask you, too, John. Like, so does he go to media day? Again? I mean, obviously, I saw today. The only reason I ask is Harden didn't mention he's not going to go to the Sixers yeah, that's, media that's day. That's because Harden is actively that's holding out. Harden, in no way, like, shape, or form is he hard. Is, is I know, but I'm just like, be traded. the way DA is now being brought up in these trade rumors, I wonder if he's going to be like, God damn. No, I'm man, go he's again. trying to change the narrative. He's going to go, but like last time he went, he was so upset at the podium. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, the just, whole team I don't know if it's going to be a though. repeat. Yeah, the but they, they faked it. He didn't fake and I, it. And I get it. He's cool as a cucumber. Like I think in his first life, you can't get that guy stretched out. You'd have to really try hard. Uh, but, yeah, I agree, John. I, I think, you know, there there's a lot of really good storylines with the Suns. And th- th- they don't need to spend time on the baloney about will they or won't they. 
don't bombard him with with those questions and the teammates too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm with you there. I, I think there's enough storylines and enough juice around the Suns to talk about what's actually going on on the court rather than what's what's not going on off of it. Um, I, I hope uh, I hope you're right. I hope they just stick to basketball because <laughs> they're going to be real fun this year. Oh yeah, and it's you know as uh, as Ted Offensive says in the mm-hmm. chat, this media day should be a total 180 degree flip from last year. Sarver is gone. Because obviously there was the Perfect. Sarver news and the Jay Crowder not reporting to camp news. And that's what everyone kind of harped on with every person who walked in the room. It was the same questions. What do you think of Robert Sarver? Why, what do you, what, and how do you feel about your teammate Jay Crowder not being here? Whereas this year, you know, as, as Sean mentioned, there's so many great storylines. There's so many uh, exciting things. There's so many questions around this team. How are they going to execute, you know, with the quote unquote positionless basketball approach? How will their defensive schemes look? Who's the fifth starter? Who is your 10th guy, you know, coming off the bench? I mean, there's so much fun around this team, and they're going to be playing in a pretty stacked Western Conference, which brings us to the the seven teams we have yet to cover in our NBA preview. Uh, and what I think I'll do this time, you know, in the past, I've kind of started from the bottom up. I'm going to start with the team that won 53 games last season. That's the Denver Nuggets. They were 53 and 29. If you take a look at what they did this offseason, they – Added Justin Holiday. They added Braxton Key, Jalen Pickett, uh, Julian Strother, and Hunter Tyson. Uh, all those guys that we know so well. They lost Bruce Brown. They lost Thomas Bryant, Jeff Green, Ish Smith, and Jack White. So the question that, and I'll start this one with Matthew. Fifty-three wins last year. Yeah. Did, yeah. So, so two two questions: Do they win more games this year? Did they get better, worse, or stay the same? Okay, so I think they stayed the same, but it, it just depends on um, if you do fear this team still with Jokic, right? He's what we say he's a better player in the league, better than Giannis. If it were to go into the finals and you had those two going against each other, would you pick a Giannis or Jokic? Just because I kind of compare the two because Giannis is he's obviously the freak, but he's a guy that wants to maintain a championship level kind of basketball in Milwaukee. I think Jokic is the same. I don't care who's on his team now. I kind of fear him. So I think they are just the same, but I still, I'm scared of them now. I wasn't last year, but when they won, I'm like, okay, I'm scared. So I just, I, I'm still frightened by them. I think they go over this year. I think that's just the way Jokic is. He has the same kind of mentality as a Giannis where he just wants to destroy people now in a different way, in a different kind of game. But he's going to hold these guys accountable no matter who's on their team. And John, I forget your third question. Well, do they win the same amount or more or less? You know, 53 mm-hmm. was the mark last well, I said year more. and it, and I said it led more, the Western yeah. Conference. Was there a third question, another question though? Yes, three. That's a lot for me. <laughs> no, just that was did they, it. Did they win more or less and did they get better, worse? I'm going to say less now because we asked it three times. <laughs> three times. So I'm going to say they, 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 win, they win less. All right. Sean, Sean, what do you think and what's your observations of the Denver Nuggets, the world champion Denver Nuggets, I might add? Mm-hmm. The world champion Denver. I got to be honest, Sean. I never thought I'd say those words. I know. It's I never like saying thought world champions Phoenix Suns. Oh, uh, that that one that well be, before last <laughs> year they went to about three finals, so they got they got that on the nugget. True, so true. It's 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 bound to happen, John. Just it's bound to happen. Anyway, I hope I'm alive. <laughs> anyway, I agree with Matthew. I think they're kind of static. I think they kind of stayed the same. Um, yeah, I just they are probably looking for one of those uh, draft picks to hopefully break through a little bit to help out their depth. I mean, for God's sakes, John, they signed Jay Huff. 
Jay yeah. Huff, the great Jay Huff, who uh, <laughs> had a, a cup of coffee with the Los Angeles Lakers, That's but right. they're they're desperate for shooting bigs. Uh, for anything, you know what their problem is, John? Hmm. Jeff Jeff Green was a huge part of what That's they correct. did. That's correct. He was a huge part of what they did. Uh, a lot of what a guy does uh, isn't necessarily in the box score, right? It's you put on the tape and watch him work. That's Jeff Green. And he was a great uh, bridge between Jokic and uh, um, Zeke uh, Naji, their their other backup five, John. But they don't have that anymore. He could play with either one of those guys. They don't. I don't think they really brought in another big who can kind of supplement production when Jokic is off the floor. And that's where I think Denver might be. Uh, on the decline a little bit, John is with Jokic off the floor. We we've seen it time and time again. Oh yeah, with a great player like the Bucks struggle when Giannis is off the floor. The Lakers don't even get me started with with LeBron off the floor. That's that's a bigger nightmare than uh, Sweeney Todd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Denver stayed the same. Um, I don't really see them being. A bigger threat. I still see them as the same threat, John. But I, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think they have the same juice that they had last year because there's something about being the hunted rather than the actual hunter. Now, mm-hmm. like now, they're the hunted. They're, they're the prey. They're not running after a championship. They've got everybody running after them, and I, we've seen it time and time again. Some teams thrive off of that, and then other teams can't handle it brother they just yeah they can't handle it so we're gonna see i i i have a feeling they'll be fine although i do think michael malone is a huge prick uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> uh, but a great coach just huge prick but yeah, yeah i kind of i kind of see them uh i see denver and phoenix as kind of flip-flopping i'm not sure who i would put on the totem pole first sean so I'm with you both because I do think they stay the same. And and the primary reason that they stay the same is because they have the talent of Nikola Jokic. He's so good and so elite that despite them losing depth, he still has the ability just from a pure basketball st- uh, standpoint to make his team productive and effective around him. And that's why he is the true definition of an MVP. Uh, you both mentioned the fact that they have a declining bench. And that's one of the things that they really – utilized to their benefit, not only throughout the season, but throughout the postseason. I mean, Christian Brown was getting meaningful minutes in the NBA finals, and that was a rookie out of Kansas. So they, they've, they're banking on the fact that they have Nikola Jokic. They've won a championship with him and they can afford to kind of bring in some low level guys and hope that he can make them great as well. Uh, as, as you mentioned, Sean, it is literally historic how, having Jokic off the floor, how it swings uh, in the favor of the opposition against the Nuggets. You look at their depth chart, DeAndre Jordan is playing right behind Jokic. You know, again, they got Zeke. They got James Huff, as you mentioned, on the two-way. So they don't necessarily have what you would define as great depth there. Uh, They don't have great depth at the shooting guard position. They had Bruce Brown. He's now with Indiana. So, you know, you go down the list, and they they just don't have very much there. You know, Christian Brown might play some – some backup too, if you will, but they're a team very similar to the Suns, where they have a really good core four. They've got Jokic, they've got Gordon, they've got Michael Porter Jr., they've got Jamal Murray, and their fifth guy is Contavious Caldwell Pope 
former Laker and champion with you guys back in 2020. So they definitely have a starting five that is dangerous, uh, that has chemistry, that all stems from the fact that Jokic is the generator of that chemistry. But again, with the lack of depth, you just don't know this year. Uh, and as Sean mentioned, you know, now they are the hunted. People are going to be coming at them harder than ever. Uh, but again, I think this is a team that stays the same. And I see them winning around the same amount of games. 53 to 55 is where I kind of see them ending up. And that might be good enough for the second or third seed. A lot of people, when they talk about the the overall standings, you got to understand that last year was an aberration. I think only six times since the Western Conference came into fruition, which was, I believe, 1970-71, have the, has a conference winner relative to the number one seed entering the playoffs had 55 or less wins. Last year was an aberration with their 53 wins because a lot of people still, when, when and we're going to go through these teams, they look at them as all kind of bunched together still, and they're like, well, the talent, the talent, I'm like, get, I get it, there's a lot of talent in the Western Conference, but it doesn't mean that some teams are better and there's going to be a little bit more gap from the top to the eighth seed. I mean, the top to the eighth seed, if you look at last season, uh, was what, nine games, 10 games? Whereas in years past, that's 15, 20 games. So I, I expect some market correction back to where we were and the nuggets with that organic chemistry with Nikola Jokic can still win 53 to 55 games. I just don't see them as a number one seed. That's my thoughts on the nuggets. Any rebuttal by any of you or we are, we off to Memphis. Let's do Memphis. Let's do Memphis. They were the number two team last year. And this is a team that I definitely think is going to have a lot of regression coming into the 2023, 2024 season Uh, 30 or I'm sorry, 51 and 31 last season, uh, a team that obviously will be without John Morant for the first, uh, is it 25 games? Is that correct? 25 games, yep. So a 25-game suspension, which if you talk to your local Grizzly fan, uh, one, you got to ask him to get off your front porch because he's delivering a pizza. Uh, but two, you got to understand that they will tell you the team plays better without Jaw because I think last season they had like an 89% winning percentage when John Morant wasn't playing. But you take a look at what they've done. Uh, uh, overall, they've added Marcus Smart. They've added Derek Rose, Josh Christopher, a former ASU guy, Shaq Harrison, Isaiah Todd. Remember that name? Uh, they lost Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones. You know, the, I, I'm still high on Memphis and what they can be because they've added Marcus Smart, who will pair with Jaron Jackson. So they have that defensive mentality without some of the immaturity that Dylan Brooks uh, kind of displayed on a time or at times. Uh, but ultimately I think this is a team that regresses. Matthew, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, jaw was my pick last year to be MVP. He really was. And then obviously Memphis looked good without him. So it didn't even matter. Um, this team is actually, they're not as stacked as they were, but I think even the addition of Marcus smart, that's really big for them. Cause I think that's a huge loss for the Celtics still with that team. Um, defensively, they're going to be great, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. has a chance to actually win Defensive Player of the Year. And I think there's actually an incentive for the Super Max if he were to win it again to give him even more money. So don't think he's not he's going to take a step back this year if he can stay healthy. I just the thing with John Morant, you can say, yeah, the stats look good and all that, but the crunch time stuff we would see from him in the past where he would just basically hog the ball, go to the middle, jump up in the air, land on the floor every single time like that's going to be fun not to watch anymore i'm excited that that's kind of gone <laughs> but for 25 games that's going to be tough for this team to stick it out that long um i know they did good in the past but i don't know if they could do it again um this roster right now when looking at it isn't just it, it's just not deep enough for me um i did pick and this was my surprise pick sean 
OKC to be a top four seed this year. So this might be one of those teams that they can they can definitely uh, they can leap. But I just don't see Memphis doing too much. I think they can probably fall. They'll probably fall between like four and five or six seed this year. Um, getting job back, it wouldn't be too hard to get them back into the system and the swing of things. But by then, is it going to be too far gone? If they can play 500 ball till then, which they might be able to play better than that, I think they have a chance to still make the playoffs as like a five or six seed. What do you think in there, Sean? Yeah, I, great, great question, uh, John. Actually, we had Joe Mullenix on yesterday. Yeah, from that's the right. Locked on grizzlies pod and so apropos that we're talking about them he brought up something very interesting he said that if you look at the numbers tyus jones was the best backup point guard for the past three or four years but he thrived starting that's that's where he really thrived as a bat as a reserve he didn't really have the same numbers he did when he started Mm -hmm. that's what that's kind of what made memphis hum a little bit more with uh, Tyus out there than Jaws. Tyus is a little bit more efficient with his decision-making and his processing rather than Jaw. We know Jaws electric, but he needs to slow his ass down sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know what? I'm with you, John. They got a lot of they got a lot of interesting pieces. It's just for some reason they can't stay healthy enough to kind of put it all together. I think they're a shoot, shooter, a really good shooter away from being an elite team. Was um, that because Jaw is out for 21 games and he's an elite shooter? Because of... <laughs> no, not okay, at all. No, no, but yeah. Um, <laughs> if they if they like and. There's been rumors to death for the past three years, and I'm in Toronto, about OG and an OB being a Memphis Grizzly. We were told if there was an opportunity for him to be a Grizzly, John and Matthew, he would have already been a Grizzly by now. So he's not going to end up with the Grizzlies, we don't think. Yeah. Um, if they grabbed a Buddy Heel, that would be interesting. Buddy Heel, Luke Kennard, Triple J out on the floor with Ja and Marcus Smart makes it interesting. But you're right, John. I see regression. Uh, they can't stay healthy. I think they really missed out on the draft uh, day trade. They they got Steven Adams, but they ended up picking Zaire Williams yep. over Trey Murphy. Yep. And We'd Trey Murphy having, would fit perfect with this. Yeah, team. we'd be having a completely different discussion if Trey Murphy was was slotted in there rather than um, Zaire because yeah. he had a lot of buzz in the draft, as we know, guys. But he hasn't lived up to it. I mean, you know, I get it. You're like Le- LeBron James is an adopted son. You got all those skills in the world, but you know what, John? A lot of these dudes just need the ball in their hands. That's one of the problems Memphis has. They mm-hmm. draft really well, but a lot of these dudes need the ball in their hand, need a high usage rate to be efficient. And I, you're right. It's just there's only one ball, and I think they're going to regress a little bit. And I'm with Matthew. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were anywhere from, like, the fifth seed all the way to maybe eight, depending on the way things shake out. Yeah, I mean, they could be a a play-in team, and I don't know if I'd be surprised. Now, that being said, we didn't see Memphis being a number two seed two seasons ago. We didn't see Memphis being a number two seed last season. Somehow, some way, you know, there's quote-unquote heat culture. There's kind of a Grizzlies culture that's 
uh, us against the world. And they play with that kind of mentality. They're a tough defensive team. Again, Marcus Smart is now a part of that team. It's a really good spot for him to be in, especially considering that John Morant will be out for those first 25 games. So this is a team that if they can, you know, to Sean's point, stay healthy, they can be a defensive force and they can shut teams down on that side of the ball. You know, Desmond Baines on this team, Brandon Clark's on this team. You mentioned Steven Adams, Triple J. They play big. They play physical. You know, they have their specified brand of basketball that they're going to go out and play with. I just have to see it. And and I know that uh, as a Grizzlies fan, anyone who's a Grizzlies fan, it's probably the same thing. It's like, shit, we got to show you again. No one ever believes in us. No one ever believes in us. And that small market chip is something that we can kind of identify as Suns fans. It's like, yeah, go on, continue not believing on us. And boom, we'll go to the finals. They've yet to get over that hump. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they perform the season. But I think, you know, as we talk about who go, who who moves up, who moves down in the standings this season, I definitely, you know, it's clear that all three of us agree that this is a team that has regression headed their way. Next yeah, up. Just really quick, too. Oh, uh, Desmond Bain, though. I'm I, The guard situation, it's, it's packed in, in the West. But I just can see him being a, an all-star next year. I mean, if there's injuries or something or some guys that don't want to play, I can definitely see him being an all-star next year. If because if the, he can keep this team afloat and the way he plays two ways and his shot, I just feel like he can put up the stats and that team can maybe have a record where he can earn a spot. But that's just like a little surprise. I got a lot of little surprise little picks here today. I'm excited in last wow. pot. So go back wow. and listen to that one. Well, let's go to a team that surprised everybody last year. And that's a team that finally made the playoffs after a drought since 2006. And that is none other than the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings this past offseason uh, added Chris Duarte, added our old buddy JaVale McGee. They got Colby Jones. Uh, they lost Chimetsi Metu, who is now a member of the Phoenix Suns, Rashawn Holmes, uh, Terrence Davis. You know, So you take a look at kind of their depth chart uh, and the way that, you know, remember, this is a team that was very, very bad at defense and, and essentially was like, listen, we're just going to uh, outscore you and we're going to have players like Darren Fox and Kevin Horter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Devonta Sabonis. That is an amazing starting five. They still have Davion Mitchell. They still have Malik Monk, uh, Kessler Edwards, Trey Lyles. I mean, this is a team that still possesses that firepower. Do you know? I'll start with Sean on this one. Do you see regression from the Kings? Do they come back down to earth a little bit, or is this a team that gets you know is staying the same kind of where they're at around a three seed, or do they get better and take the uh, the uh, the Western Conference by storm and, and can get a, a one or two seed overall? You know what, John? That's, uh, that's a great question. I think they're, they're a victim of their own success in one way. I, I think they're – look, they were the healthiest team in the NBA last year. This is year. true. This is true. I That never happens twice in a row. I'm sorry. King <laughs> I'm sorry. It's too late. <laughs> it's sports that we know lightning di- lightning strikes twice in the same spot a lot of times just not with injuries in sports it never <laughs> no. happens so i think they're good just gonna lose some men just if they lose like the average man game uh john i think they're i think they're less than a than five wins they had last year so i, I still think they're they're in the mix for like a, a four to eight spot i really do um i like the addition of sasha venzenkov as well the uh, euroleague mvp uh i know a lot of people haven't haven't seen him play yet but he plays a finesse style game uh that fits them with a glove um De'Aaron fox was the clutch player last year john 
the clutch player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he finally um, did it. Yeah, finally did it. He was so bad ball. beforehand, but he changed and he grew in that area. And you have to Played give Fox, well. you know, credit for that. Absolutely. And uh, but we, we all heard the uh, same thing from scouts like early on in the season. It's like this team is going to live on this offense and they will die with this offense come playoff time because you can't win a championship playing the kind of offense they do in the regular season. Um, I think they might take somebody to seven games again, John, but I don't see them winning any more than maybe one round. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So to Sean's point, Matthew, if you go to at man's man games, lost NBA, it's a Twitter account that tells you just that how many games uh, teams have lost due to injuries uh, on their team. Last season, the Sacramento Kings were number one overall in least amount of games lost to injured players and health protocols. They had 51 total games. Number two was the New York Knicks at 76. So they were 15 games better. And just for perspective, uh, the Phoenix Suns were number one in the league in most games lost due to injury. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot. So it just it goes to show we were on the op and we were still the fourth seed, but we were on yeah. the opposite side of that spectrum. So taking in all that information, Matthew, what kind of shocking things do you have for us about the Sacramento Kings next year? <laughs> Nothing for the Kings, you know? <laughs> Nothing for them. There you are. Uh, Sean, you're right. I think they're just a really good regular season team. Um, they're going to probably finish around the same three or four seed. Um, but you just you're not scared of this team at all. It's it's kind of disappointing, maybe, but maybe they could surprise us again. I it, disappointing meaning maybe they could have picked somebody up in this offseason to really solidify them as maybe a contender, but you don't see it. Um, Sabonis so isn't that guy, Darren Fox isn't that guy, but continue to like the beam. Surprise us next year again because last year was so fun to watch the Kings. It really was. Mm -hmm. Um, they're division opponents, but they're not really rivals or anything like that. So you can kind of just have fun with them and just be like, Oh, you guys are so cute. Look at you. And like look at you with your color stuff. purple, you're not yeah. nearly as cool and as the Lakers. Look at you in your bad at those jerseys, man. They those jerseys went. are something else. They, they, they do such went. a good job with that. The court looks good. They have a good look, um, but they do need another piece. So maybe trade deadline, they do something random that they're like, all right, we should have probably done something in the off season, but we didn't. Now it's time to pull the trigger. Um, but I think they stay the same. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of disappointing, right? Well, you, you I both, want to see them improve a little bit. You, you both have kind of referenced them like the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns. You know, teams that did amazing yeah. during the regular season couldn't get it done with the slowdown physical pace of play in the postseason. And I'm actually kind of frustrated right now uh, that I didn't, or, or like that Matthew didn't win like wear like an Amari shirt because like Sean's got the Nash shirt. I got the Marion. Matthew yeah. shows on, throws on an Amari. We got seven seconds or less across our chest for some random Sorry, reason. Sorry, man. I'll let you know. Uh, you know, but it's okay. There's always the entire season for you to continue to let me. So, know. so I, I'm glad John brought that up because st stat stat is so underrated. Oh, as I know. A, as a fourth, I was thinking about that in the shower. The, I was all, seriously thinking the, about that. Dude. The amount of all M look at the bigs he played with in that conference when he won uh, with selected All NBA. Yeah. Tim Duncan. Oh Tom yeah. Gasol, 
Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, <laughs> there's just three Hall of Famers and legendary yeah. big men right there. And Stat was an All NBA player above all of them during certain years. So again, and we're finally an- putting him in the Ring of Honor of the Suns. It only took like you know next so year, decade to, to do so. Yeah, oh, we're so excited. We're so excited. And I'm glad he he had his best years with the Suns and not the Knicks. Oh, amen. Amen. Yeah. And even his best years, I mean, he was so good, but he had so many injuries, but he still played through. I mean, he was, yeah, I mean, Stat was just an amazing, once we got if that draft. he never pick, needed that microfracture surgery, uh, who knows what what, who knows. what he could have accomplished. He just, he hated the rim. And again, that's a challenge that we have as Suns fans when we watch DeAndre Ayton, because we see a lot of the same physical capabilities, yet he lacks all the aggression that Stat had. Like, Stat wanted to destroy the rim mm-hmm. every time he got the ball. And whereas DeAndre Ayton's just like, I'm just going to put that right in there. You know, it's like dropping a piece of sourdough. <laughs> there was no question with them. The first season, you're like, this is it. You're like, this is it. This, this is some guy. hope. <laughs> Rookie of the year. So the fourth seed last season was the Phoenix Suns, but we'll get to them. We'll get to them in due time. We're going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers, a team that won 44 games, 38 losses, lost obviously to the Phoenix Suns in the first round last season. And they're a team that, again, kind of didn't, do much this offseason. They added KJ Martin, Kobe Brown, Jordan Miller, lost Xavier Moon, lost Eric Gordon to the Phoenix Suns, a team that has been waiting and waiting and waiting for health to show up at their front door. And ultimately, it hasn't come to fruition throughout the time that they've had with PG-13 and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they got Westbrook. They got Paul George. They got Leonard. They got Marcus Morris. They got Avita Zubak. We know the team. A, a, not a lot of changes. Terrence Mann is backing up. Uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, you got Norman Powell on this team who went off uh, against the Suns in like game three or four of that Western Conference first round. KJ Martin, as I mentioned before, uh, an older Nicholas Batum. That guy's been in the league for 47 years now. We're very excited for him to hit 48. And then Mason Plumley as well. Still got Bones Highland on this team. Amir Coffey, uh, Rocco, <laughs> who who got like no playing time in the postseason. Uh, you know, Sean. You're, you're somewhat close to that Lakers fan or that Clippers fan base. What are your thoughts on the Clippers and how, and where do you see them falling this year? Do they get better, stay the same or get worse? Uh, you know, John, I think just organically they got worse. Yeah. I think they got worse. Um, and I think, I think that first round was really deceptive. Not for, not for Suns fans, for Clippers fans. Three, three out of those five games were decided by six points or less, but LA's the one that had to come back when they were down about Big 25 time. Yes. In, in the second quarter and then midway through the third to even have a shot. Um, so I, I think it's it's smoke and mirrors with them. Uh, and for God's sakes, we know Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will not be healthy at the same time. It, it's it's not going to happen. It's it's they're not ab, they're the worst they're the worst version of Abbott and Costello. They're <laughs> it's like there's no chemistry there. It's just you can't you can't figure it out. Like well, you have two, to be there to figure it out, and that's the challenge. They're always there in street clothes. Yeah, um, they've got some like really good talent, right? But Terrence Mann is 27, and they're still waiting for Terrence Mann to break out. You know, he's 27 years old at this point. What you see from Terrence Mann is what you get. Um, for God's sake, Sean, Russell Westbrook is their starting point guard. I mean, if if when the rumors about them were acquiring James Harden, it was almost enough for me to think about buying a couple tickets for those games just to watch that circus unfold. Oh. Because <laughs> um, 
Russ is going to devolve to Rust. That's what's going to happen, Matthew and John. He's just going to become Russ again. And no matter how hard they try and and put that <laughs> square peg in that round hole, it ain't going to work. It didn't work yeah. in Oklahoma City. It didn't work in Houston. It didn't work in Washington. It damn sure didn't work with the Lakers. I don't think it's going to work with the Clippers for round two. I Yeah, and you know what, John? Even though they're not being punished necessarily this year for the uh, – the prohibitions with the um, the get man games lost and the, mm-hmm. all all that rigmarole. Uh, chickens are coming home to roost for this team. Amen. I think I think the next two to three years are going to be hell on earth. Basically, uh, you've basically seen everybody in that front office scatter like rats off a sinking ship. The <laughs> the good people are gone. Basically, you got you got no draft capital in the future. You've got two 30-year-olds who are on the back end of their athleticism. And, John, at this point, like, does Kawhi have any athleticism left? Both knees are shot at this point. I don't think he's got any athleticism left. And that that really hinders what they want to do because, like you said, they're really – their depth is, like, skimming. It's like skim – thin and any injury to those guys and like you said they're, they're gonna i think they're gonna be a play-in team and it wouldn't surprise me if they missed the playoffs entirely john if they finished Ooh. if they finished uh 10th or 11th what do you I think like that, that dude take. that's good you know i can go with that one i'll say what you said uh they can they might miss the playoffs you know the one thing I did learn about this team though in the offseason is Russell Westbrook just does like he likes the post-game sex, not the pre-game sex. So maybe switch that around and can help him out in his game. I don't know. That's what happens. You go back on Twitter, Sean. Are you on Twitter? It's, I'm not it's sure. disgusting, dude. I'm on there for a week and then I learned the worst things about these guys. But um, anyways, my apologies. I think that um they definitely will not be healthy. Um, I was gonna fight about that, but no, I'm just I'm sick of this. I'm so sick of talking about the Clippers and their health. And if, you know, they're healthy, that they would be better. But it sounds like me last pod talking about, you know, if DA was healthy and uh, Nurkic was healthy, I would choose Nurkic. But he's not healthy. These guys aren't healthy. So throw them away. I I like that. Just don't make the postseason because I'm sick of seeing them there. And then someone gets hurt and then someone comes back. Someone might come back. All that bullshit. Just get rid of it. The Clippers are a team that are definitely going to be sellers at the trade deadline. That's a fact. Norman Powell, Rocco, those are serviceable assets yeah. that somebody who's trying to get over the hump uh, and beat the Phoenix Suns are going to want to add to their team. I honestly believe that. And them not making the playoffs is definitely something I can see because we talked about on our last podcast that Oklahoma City, we can see really making that jump. All right. That uh, I think Houston's going to kind of make a jump potentially to a play in team. Uh, Minnesota, you know, could stay the same or move up a little bit. We don't know. So there's, there's teams that are dead and Dallas is obviously has a chance to move up. So obviously there has to be regression by some teams, the Clippers. I mean, it has regression written all over it. And I don't have the DraftKings over unders relative to wins, but I'd probably take the under if it's anything around 45, I honestly would. So, uh, next team, we got two more or three more teams to go through the golden state warriors before I get to warriors stats and things like that. Sean, as a Lakers fan, just tell me what your thoughts are on Golden State. I hate the Warriors. I hate their fan base. <laughs> they all make me sick. Um, biggest bunch. Oh, John, the biggest bandwagoners I have ever seen in my life. And I'm a Lakers fan 
tried and true. I've seen them all come on the bagging wagon and all jump off, but nobody jumps on the bandwagon like a Golden State Warriors fan. Um, outside of the Memphis Grizzlies, they're the biggest front runners in the NBA as well. Mm-hmm. Even though they do have that championship credibility, eh, you've only won one the past five years, gentlemen. You know, we call check, that new money. Yeah, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, it's great that uh, you had your little run there, but uh, you acquired a six-foot leprechaun because you thought he's going to help your bench out. And you're going to find a rude awakening, John, because I think worlds collide. Draymond Green and Chris Paul, eventually it's planets colliding. It's going to be great. I just love hearing that because obviously, you know, we go live after every Phoenix Suns game right here at the Suns Jam Session podcast. And some of the most interesting post-game podcasts we have, uh, because we can see the chat, you know, whether you're watching on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, we see you in the chat. And again, everyone who's watching tonight, truly appreciate it. Looking forward to talking to you all season long. But whenever we play the Warriors, their fans sneak into our chat and just say some of the dumbest. It's just weird. Like they'll win and then they'll come into our chat just to remind us that they won. It's just, it's this, this arrogance that they have as a fan base that really turns you off to what some perceive as really fun basketball. You know, Steph Curry is a fun player to watch at times. I think he's kind of annoying. That's just a me thing. Uh, I'll probably know that I'm on the wrong side of history when I make those kind of statements. But at the same time, like he's been the opposition. I'm the same way when I talk about Kobe, nothing but respect for Kobe, but couldn't fucking stand him. Same thing with Steph Curry for me. So you look at what they've done this off season. And as, as Sean mentioned, they go and they, they, they got older. They got really, really, they got really old. Those, those golden state warriors. They got now one of the team, Christopher Paul and Dario Saric. Uh, they lost Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, Ty Jerome, Patrick Baldwin, you know, added Corey Joseph and Brandon uh, Podzeminski. I mean, Matthew, do you see this team getting better, worse or staying the same? I think they, they're, they're good. Uh, I think they're the same, but the thing is, Steve Kerr keeps talking about there's six starters on this team. I'm looking at the death chart. I'm like, what is it? Dario Saric? Is that what they're having to struggle with? Is If he's going to start or not? Because you just start Paul Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, and Green. That's all you do, right? Yeah, that's, that, you want to do anything else? Do. I mean, and then obviously Chris Paul has not gotten punched yet by Draymond Green. <laughs> um, but it will happen. So, Sean, you should actually buy tickets to those games because I'm sure yes. there'll be more of a physical outcome towards the end of the game with some guy getting kicked out or just walking off. Who knows? Um, but I think this kind of just, I know Jansen, you probably hate this, but I just think they figured out and they, it's just the way the warriors are. I mean, they figure things out and they can, they can just make an effort, make a run at the championship almost every year, no matter who's on the team. Last year was just kind of strange with that team with the beginning of the year with Jordan Poole. This year, I think they have a decent roster. I think Paul will figure it out. He he's he's on the team, so they have to fucking figure it out. He wants to win, so someone's gonna have to sacrifice. Um, they're I think they're gonna be up there. I think they're gonna be like a three or two or three seed this year. Do you think they go that high, Sean? I think it's possible. I'm I see where Matthew's logic is with with them being. Uh, you kind of a hell on wheels regular season team where they win, you know, anywhere from 52, 54 games end up with a three seed. Uh, but John, I think, uh, they end up back on main street when they get to the playoffs because you're small, you're going to get taken advantage of badly. 
Um, and and let's face it, uh, the Kings were up 2-0 in that series. It took Golden State winning four out of the last five for them to pull that one out. And um, look, I agree with Matthew. Chasing and you, John, chasing that little dude around with the number 30 mm-hmm. on his back is two jobs in and of itself, right? You got two jobs. You got to chase them around, and then you actually got to be there to try and attempt to defend his shot. That's, it's that's, tough. It's tough. That's two job. That's basically the job of two defenders for one guy. It's difficult, hard to do. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt tried his best in, yeah. uh, in the playoffs, but eventually ran out of gas, John. And they said if that series had gone on to about seven games, I don't think the Lakers win. I think the Warriors win that series, actually. Um, so I think we were kind of lucky there because they they ch- we had to chase them around, and we were worn out, John, because yeah. we had no legs left in the Western Conference Finals, and Denver took advantage of that. Yeah, it's – I, I'm with both of you that I can definitely see this team outperforming what they did last year. Matthew hit it right on the jaw, if you will, just like Draymond hit Jordan Poole on the jaw. And I think that that created some weird vibes coming into the season last year for the Warriors. And there was a lot of internal struggle. And ultimately, yeah, we are going to be sitting back eating popcorn, watching how Draymond Green and Chris Paul function in the same space together. And that will be something that will be a major storyline throughout the NBA this year especially if this team gets off to a rough start, you know, this team comes out and their first 30 games, you know, they go 10 and 20. I mean, you can just imagine how the media is going to trade. I mean, Doris Burke won't know what to do with herself. She's like, Oh my God, how do I, (laughs) you know, know, but she'll still find a way. So she always finds a way. Uh, But this is a team that much akin to the Denver Nuggets, as I stated above, even though I feel like their roster got weaker, I think that they they stayed the same. I think the Warriors stay the same because you have Steph Curry. I think that this is a team that ultimately will end up a, probably a right around the sixth seed, uh, which is where they ended up last year. I can see that because there's some age issues. There's a little bit of regression, and you didn't get much better when you add. I, I'm speaking from experience. When you have Chris Paul and you have Darius Arch, I won't necessarily say you get better, uh, especially come playoff time because both can be injury-prone, uh, as we've seen in past Costas playoff championships, rides. both of them. Both of them. Both of them. So, two teams left. We're going to go with the team that made it to the Western Conference Finals. 43-39 and 39 last season. The eighth overall seed that ultimately uh, surprised a lot of teams. Surprised me. Uh, Sean, your Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, so obviously as a Phoenix Suns fan, I'll go. I'll, I'll put my thoughts out into the ether first before I kind of get your rebuttal. Uh, it's something I said when I joined you on your podcast, the Lakers Fast Break, that I think that the Lakers are overrated this year. I think that there's a little bit of that Atlanta Hawks-esque, uh, you know, when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and then everyone thought, oh, this team did it. I, I don't know if I necessarily see it with the Lakers, but I, I'm, I'm definitely open to hearing topics of discussion uh they added christian wood they added gabe vincent they added jackson hayes tarian prince cam reddish jalen hood scafino max lewis they lost dennis schroeder lonnie walker malik beasley mo bamba troy brown jr uh shaq harrison tristan thompson when gabriel i mean this is a team that a lot like the phoenix suns really just, just did the old flipperoo on the roster they're like listen we got ad we got lebron james and we got austin reeves we're gonna just put everything around them and trust on the fact that LeBron James is the second greatest player of all time. And Anthony Davis at when playing and healthy is a top five talent 
in the NBA. And we're going to hope that everything else will kind of fall into line. Again, me personally, I don't see them uh, as as much of a threat as a lot of the national pundits do. So I'll ask you this, Sean, what am I missing? You know, John, I don't, I don't think you're missing a whole hell of a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I have, I go back and forth too, because the two glaring weaknesses for the Lakers are Jared Vanderbilt and the lack of a true three and D defender. They yeah. don't really have a true and three, three and D guy. They got a lot of hybrids. Rui's a hybrid. Prince is a hybrid. LeBron's a hybrid. Now you've got Gabe Vincent and Austin Reeves. They're hybrid guards. There's not really a true three and D guy on this team. And you know what? That's why I kind of put them I, 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 just a tier below Denver and Phoenix at this point, John, just mm-hmm. because the, the 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 role players on Denver and Phoenix are clearly defined at this point, given, you know, situational problems, right? Injuries, rotations, what have you. But for the most part, I think those two teams definitely have a schedule and they know the roles and responsibilities of everybody, one through 14. I think the Lakers got a lot of work to do, man, because one thing that frustrated the hell out of Laker fans was uh, Dar- it's almost as if Darvin Ham's kind of like enigmatic idiocy. Like it, it's almost like an idiot savant. Like, <laughs> we, we thought he couldn't coach himself out of a paper bag about three quarters of the way through the year. And then the playoffs come and we're seeing all these DHOs and we're seeing like high pick and rolls with uh, back cuts. It's like, wow, this is an exotic offense that you didn't show us shit during the regular season. <laughs> so Ham's Ham doesn't show uh all of his cards in the regular season. We know that at this point. So I think it's going to be an 82 game process, Sean, but until they address actually trying to find a legitimate three and D guy, Mm -hmm. uh, I I think they're just a tier below right now. And and I would struggle uh, with us winning a seven game series with Denver or Phoenix right now. Matthew, what are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers? Um, I think it's simple. I think it's basically like the last two years where they're just going to try to find themselves in the playoffs, who they want to face and all that. Um, it's just taking LeBron's time to get there. I think they'll make the playoffs for sure, maybe a play-in, who knows. Um, I'm not going to really believe in the fact that this team will be together by the end of the year, right? Trade deadline is always a thing with LeBron. It yep. might change up again. But it's really just about LeBron taking his time with the season because he wants to get another championship. So, it's the sacrifice that the rest of the team has to take. You know, it's always going to be inconsistent every night um, or every week. And they just have to deal with it, but they're going to win games just enough to make the playoffs. And of course it's the health thing. Not as bad. I feel like as the Clippers yet, but yeah. Anthony Davis, if he can stay healthy, he's something still. I honestly, I'm not a Lakers fan, but I do like Anthony Davis a lot. I love LeBron. Um, I would love to see them stay healthy and um, be competitive down the road. And hopefully the Suns can actually face him again in the playoffs because I think that would be a great battle, especially if we have DA. I want to see how that one goes down again after it's been like three years since we played him last. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely want to see that in the playoffs. And that's why this is such a great podcast because you get differing points of view. I can't fucking stand LeBron. I hate Anthony Davis. I hate I what he did it's in New funny. Orleans. Yeah, it, I hate- <laughs> those are like my two favorite players. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like yeah. fuck those guys, man. Uh, you know, you look at their starting lineup. D'Lo, 
who I don't think is going to be there through the trade deadline. I honestly think that they signed him to the extension. It's a great trade chip relative to contracts. So if they do want to kind of get a couple assets in return, stack contracts for D'Lo, hope that he has a really hot week and then you dish him to Portland for something. Uh, Austin Reeves is going to be your shooting guard. I said this on your podcast. When Austin Reeves is your third best player, I just don't see how that team is as viable as a lot of people say that he's going to be. Uh, I think that in the FIBA World Cup, uh, I think he was exposed a little bit on the defensive end. You know, we'll see how that translates to the NBA, but he's definitely somebody who you can switch and then pick and roll to death, right? So, and John, the the Denver Nuggets exposed him badly. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure why or how, but it was a great move that their coaching staff decided that they were just going to roll Aaron Gordon all over Austin mm-hmm. Reeves, and there's nothing he could do. Nope. Aaron Gordon's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster. He knows how to get to the rim at will, and it was, like you said, they're going to find reasons to exploit him. He's got to get better defensively. And he's a young player, and that's the hope. I mean, every year he's improved, and I think that there's a lot of hype train behind Austin Reeves, but a lot of people are taking that hype train as as reality, and therefore the Lakers are a number two seed in the Western Conference because of it. Uh, LeBron James, as we mentioned, is, you know, as much as I have disdain for aspects of LeBron James, much akin to, as I mentioned before, Kobe Bryant. I respect the hell out of him. I just don't like him. I'm a Suns fan. I have no reason to, especially when he wears the purple and gold. I am a big fan of Jared Vanderbilt, uh, but I again, I don't see, uh, you know, with Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt, I think that's a really good, uh, uh, you know, four and five. I just got to see it consistently. And you look at their backups. Gabe Vincent, great playoff run. Outside of that, not much. Max Christie, Cam Reddish, guy's done shit his whole career. He's going to make sure. You know, Rui Hachimura hadn't done shit his whole career until, you know, like a two-month stretch earlier this year. So, again, you got to see these things. Christian Wood. Fuck Christian Wood, dude. That guy is the most me, not we type of player out there. Took forever for him to join a team. Everyone's like, now he's with the Lakers. That's it. He found it. He's amazing. Christian Wood was a a free agent for the entire summer for a reason. The guy's a douchebag. Sorry. Jackson No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm I'm glad you kind of said that, John. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of that that move at all. yeah, I was wondering how yeah. how they took it in Los Angeles. Yeah, because everybody loves it. most most love it. You know, they kind of like sure on paper it looks good. Yes, but it's he's always looked good on paper to 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 fans and to front offices. But you get him on the court, there's always problems. There's problems in Detroit. There's problems in New Orleans. There's problems in Houston. There was problems in Dallas. Uh this guy just can't seem to to. To get away from trouble, John. No, he seems yeah. to find him. But it's never his fault. No, ever. It's ever. ever. <laughs> it's never his fault. And yeah, he. Sh- why doesn't he get the money that other guys with his requisite skills? Well, you know why? Because other guys show up. Other guys aren't late for meetings. Yes. Other guys, like you said, John, me over we. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to come to a meeting on time. So you stay up in your hotel room to eat eat some breakfast. You think you're you're a level above the rest of us. That I agree, John. That's the kind of attitude he's given off. Um, if there's even a sniff of that in the in the locker room, they got to deal with it right away, or it could just end up being like a Russell Westbrook situation. Yeah, where he he knew that was a problem. Like he said about a week into the into the practice with Russ, he knew this wasn't going to work. So 
so if the if this if this BS with Christian Wood goes on, it could it could be problems, Sean. I I know a lot of people love to say that there's a strong leadership uh, there with uh, Darvin Am, LeBron, and AD. But somebody's got to put their foot down and shove it up somebody's ass. Yeah, if he's prioritizing his Darvin Ham and eggs over the team, then I think that uh, I'll just say this: I'm glad he's <laughs> on your team, not mine. Uh, you also have Jackson Hayes, who I'm not a big fan of either. Uh, you know, the kid from Texas running out there like sideshow Bob, bobbing it up and down. So enjoy having all that. So uh, I'll ask you this. Did they get better, get worse or stay the same? What do you think, Sean? Uh, I think they got I think they got better on paper. But yeah, well, I, I don't even know what that means right now. <laughs> <laughs> you like, have so they, many, you're like the yeah. Suns. We have a lot of questions because we have yeah, a, a social roster. A flip. So I'm, I'm going to say this. I think they got better in terms of I think maybe they get. 46 47 wins okay well like i i thought they could they could maybe get to 50 but there's no way not this year not with uh not with us packed like sardines with uh every other contender and like you guys said i think new orleans is going to be a little bit better i think they could challenge for a play-in if they stay relatively healthy so you gotta think and I, I'm with Matthew, uh, by the way. I think OKC could really be a top four seed as well. So all these teams coming up, they're going to take nibbles of bites off of the Suns, the Lakers, the Nuggets. They're going to start winning yeah. some of those games. So, you know, like John was saying, instead of the Nuggets winning 53, maybe they win 51 or 50, and the Suns win 47 and 48, and then the Lakers win 46. I think it could go that way. What do you think, Matthew? This Western Conference for like 25 years has just been amazing. Yeah, it's been like it's it's, it's been like an Italian cannibal movie, like watching these teams just eat each other up. Piranhas everywhere, just (laughs) one at a time, nibbling, nibbling, nibbling. Matthew, Lakers got better, got worse, stayed the same. I think they're exactly the same, and they'll finish the same. Um, You know, I was actually thinking, is it possible for like a LeBron trade midseason to go somewhere to win a championship? If it's not working out, AD is just like, hey, I'm hurt. I don't know how I'm going to finish. LeBron's like, I'm out of here. Is there never a way know. for him to get out? You never know. Because wasn't like last year, wasn't there like a little bit of a talk even this offseason? No, be, no of, because no. He, he was not tradable last season. No. Okay, they're, yeah, they're, that they're, was the thing. Yeah, we. Yeah. I think we talked about it, but it was, he wasn't tradable. It was tradable, the year so. before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. There was so I, I'm looking left. for that. Let's 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 trade LeBron. That'd be fun. <laughs> All <laughs> right. La- last but not least, the Phoenix Suns team that end that ended last season with the fourth overall seed in the Western Conference. Ultimately, lo- lost to the uh, the Denver Nuggets, who won the championship. The only team to beat the Denver Nuggets twice in the entire postseason. Your Phoenix Suns, uh, a team that no longer has Darius Baisley, Bismack Biombo. Tory Craig, Jock Landell, uh, Chris Paul, Cameron Payne, Terrence Ross, Landry Shamit, TJ Warren, Dwayne Washington Jr. We got rid of him earlier in the season, uh, but have gained Yudoka Azubuki on a two-way, Keita Bates-Diop, Bradley Beal, Bol Bol, Tumani Kamara, Drew Eubanks, Jordan Goodwin, Eric Gordon, uh, Chimetsi Metu, and Utah Wantanabe, a team that, again, much akin to the Los Angeles Lakers uh, have seen some of the, the greatest roster movement uh, in the entire NBA. We've covered pretty much every team. I know we missed a couple Easter Conference teams there, Matthew. But a lot of teams stayed the same. The Phoenix Suns did not stay the same. Matt Ishbia has come in here. He's opened up his checkbook. He's given a very 
unsubtle middle finger to the new CBA and said, we're going for it all. And we're giving every Phoenix fan a free TV antenna. Medicia <laughs> is giving us new, new uniforms, new TV <laughs> deals, uh, new announcers with John Bloom. I mean, this, this team is much akin to the 92, 93 Phoenix suns, which completely changed their logo and their arena and added Charles Barkley. There's a sense of uh, greatness in the air and everything is pointing towards a championship for the Phoenix Suns this season with the amount of talent that they've put forth on the court and with the expectations that lie before them. The question now becomes is, can they live up to that? Are they truly going to contend with the Denver Nuggets, uh, a team that obviously was the number one team in the current NBA champion? So from the outside looking in, Sean, what is your perception of everything that the Phoenix Suns have done this offseason because obviously we've been talking about it ad nauseum throughout the summer. We're unbelievably excited for the season to start for for us and our beautiful shade of purple. But how is Lakers Nation absorbing what Phoenix is doing just 300 miles to the east of you? You know something, John? I think uh, I think you'll see a lot of uh, disguise. The Laker, I think Lakers fans are putting up a front that uh, they're they're not as. Uh, intimidated or uh, a little worried about the Phoenix Suns, but we should be, we should be. Um, they're very formidable. Um, potent offensive team, even, even before the changes, right? Then you give James Jones uh, an off season. I love the depth. I love mm-hmm. the moves the Suns made. I thought they had the best off season uh, in the whole NBA. I would put them number one. I thought the Lakers were number two. Um, it's not just the depth that they added. It's this kind of depth. It's complimentary. Yeah. Uh, you hear you hear that com- like complimentary. No, it is complimentary. You kind of have a good wave of balance between shooters, drivers, uh, perimeter defenders versus you know rim protectors. Uh, I love Drew Eubank signing. Uh, lost Jock Landell, signed Drew Eubanks. Eubanks was great for the Portland Trailblazers in the minutes I saw him. Very hu- hustle. Um, I love Joshua Koji. Mentioned that before with yep. uh, with Matthew. He's probably one of my favorite players in the whole NBA. Uh, he just makes winning plays. Um, I just think that they have a complement of both skill and intelligence as well, John. Um, because, look... You have Kevin Durant, who's like Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer in of his generation. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go as far as to call him the greatest scorer ever, although that is still ongoing. He has a he has a ch- opportunity here in the next two or three years to just blow that conversation out of the water. I will say this: he he's the most effortless scorer the NBA yes. has ever seen, ever seen. Um, like he'll have, he could have 25 points. In, I remember he was, he had a game. I forget who they were playing. It was, um, I think it might've been the Wolves. He had like 25 points in 14 minutes. It felt, it, he, he wasn't even breaking a sweat. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's uncanny. He's 34 years old. He's still not breaking a sweat scoring like 30 points in 25 minutes. It's, it's, you know, KD and SGA are the two most effortless scorers we have in the NBA. And as long as KD is healthy, Phoenix will be in every game, John. Every game. And yeah. I, I'll just say this. What do you see their their crunch lineup looking like? Like, let's say Denver and Phoenix are playing a game. 
It's uh, it's 96-93 for Phoenix. You got four minutes left. Who would your five, your best five, John? Who would you throw out there? You go Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Eric Gordon. Okay. I, I, I'm liking that lineup. I was thinking the same thing. Like if they slid Gordon in there mm-hmm. at, the, at, at the one or the two, just, oh, that's deadly. That is yeah. a deadly lineup. They're shooting. Uh, there's playmaking all over the floor. You've got four guys there who can actually drop the ball on the floor and head and head south to the rim. Um, that's a deadly lineup. That's that that is a depth lineup for sure. Well, there you go, Jamsters. That's from the outside looking in. You know, we talk a lot about what we feel some of the challenges are with this team. There could be some defensive depth, but I think that they've shored that up, as Sean mentioned, with like the Drew Eubanks and having the ability to rebound, as well as Chemetsi Metu. Uh, with Josh Okogie and the way that he can play outside of his size and be an offensive rebounder, a defensive rebounder, which opens up Yutawantanabi and which opens up Eric Gordon is going to be playing with that second team unit uh, and opens up so many different players. You know, Matthew, did this team get better, get worse, or stay the same? <laughs> oh, they got better. Um, <laughs> I can actually see, you know, after the uh, little tournament, the midseason tournament, um, I can see this team. I could seriously see them getting going on like 18, 20 game win streak just because I think things will start to click. Um, I know we talk about the chemistry with DA and just how it's going to work, even with adding Bradley Beal. I think this team might cruise if they can stay healthy for sure. The other thing is, too, if KD wins a championship with this Phoenix Suns team, if he does, do you start having the conversation of him being better than LeBron? Just because it's kind of like the thing where, like, if you were a quarterback like a Kurt Warner to win it with the Cardinals, it's just like, is he up there even more? Because championships are, it's all that matters. Phoenix has never won. And he would be winning a championship with guys that haven't won yet, obviously, right? Booker hasn't won. Beal hasn't even really sniffed the playoffs. Da- Damian Lee has. Damian Lee has, dude. <laughs> I think he's a Cowboys fan too. I don't know. Um, but he, uh, I just, I think you start talking about that. If that's if that's a thing that happens this year, those are just, of course, that's, it's going to be a long fucking year. But uh, I just think even Sean, you said too, um, where we were talking about, um you know the uh, the kings and how they they were healthy last year right the suns had such a weird year last year with so the weird. trade of course but before that the injuries and all that so if that's out of the way i feel like it's a it's a season where they can stay healthy i don't think it's gonna happen two years in a row right it's sports it's kind of flip-flops so i think this year they can try to they can maintain uh, a little bit better health this year for sure it's obviously the most highly anticipated season in the phoenix suns history given the payroll given the talent, given the expectations, given everything that lies before us. Uh, so, you know, it, it's tough at a, at a time like this to not be excited to, to try to keep that humble mindset simply as a fan, you know, because again, as, as Sean mentioned, you know, when, when you deal with Warriors fans and I know that our son's fan base and, uh, you know, our listeners and, and people who watch the show have probably heard me say these kind of statements before, but, Stay humble, be nice. Don't be an asshole on online to people. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who online are going to be coming after the Suns every time they lose a game. And like I always say, just bookmark the bookmark those comments and hope that we win a championship. <laughs> yeah. Then go at them after you win a championship. You know, and have a summer because we've seen it. The the, Nugget, the Nuggets fans, you know, they're they're calling all their shots and they're getting all their digs in because they finally earned the right to. Yeah. Uh, you know, but always always just try to be better than the Pinster brothers. That yes, oh, the Pinster brothers. Yes, the during our our 
our Western <laughs> Conference second round, we had a couple Nuggets fans come in our chat and talk some shit, but yeah. we're like kind of nice at the same time, you cool. know. I so it, yeah. we were kind of rooting for the Pinster brothers after that. Those fans got their ring, so hopefully we have an opportunity to do ours. So uh, with that all, all being said, previewing everything, I'll ask you guys this, and I'll kind of put you on the spot. All right, one through eight. Give me your seating in the Western Conference for 2023-2024. Feel free to snip this later, post it on your socials, and then see how close you actually come to it at the end of the season. But one through eight, who feels like they, they can go first? I'll go. All right, Sean, one through eight, what's your seating for the Western Conference? Sure, John. So Phoenix is one, Denver is two, Golden State is three, the Lakers are four, Kings 5, Memphis 6, New Orleans 7, and then I'm going to put Minnesota 8. Wow. Okay. There's one team in there that I, 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 you didn't say. I'm sure Matthew will say it. OKC. Hmm. They fit in there anywhere. Matthew, do you want to take a shot? Well, I will mention them. I'm going to go the Suns number 1. I'm going to go the Nuggets number 2. I'm going to go the Kings 3. I'm going to say the... Okay, see, I kind of want to put them two, but I'll put them four. Um, I'll put Golden State at five. Let's do the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mavericks at six. Let's do the uh, how you say? Uh, let's say uh, did I say the Lakers yet? Let's do nope. them at seven. Let's go ahead and put the Wolves at eight. Okay. Put the um, Utah. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's go. it. That's it. Eight. You want me to go one through fifteen? Nope, just eight. All right. Uh, Real quick, a shout out to Ted Offensive, Ted yeah, Lubin in the chat. $22 in the super chat. He says $22 for keeping DA. You guys need to do those crossover podcasts during the season. Sean is a great guest, and Void and Lissy were great on Sean's show a few weeks back. So awesome. You, Sean, you're always welcome. You got do you guys go live after games too, though, right? Yes, we do, but I'd be glad to pop on with you guys after uh after one of the games for sure. That'd be uh, absolutely fun and an honor. I think it'd be really good. Had we, a lot of fun tonight, John. Thank you both to you and Matthew for because this is a budding friendship i think yes yes absolutely oh, sure. it's just, it, and yeah. it's good basketball conversation that's what it's all about right like yeah i already I got mean, your plus one sent out for my future marriage so <laughs> <laughs> i haven't even got one of those yet damn man so i i'll agree with you guys uh on the first two i think it's sons one i think it's nuggets two uh after that i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna say golden state at three yeah. Uh, four. I kind of want to like mirror Matthew's OKC pick because I everyone's really, picking up on that, dude. I, well, I really, th- I think yeah. that OKC they, they just kind of have a complete team. Um, awesome. so I'm gonna say OKC four. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna say Dallas is gonna be number five. I think number six will be the Lakers. Number seven will be the Pellies. Uh, and number eight will be the Wolves. And that's my my final prediction right here right now on september 26th uh, i can't wait to come back and and take a look at this and see how fucking wrong i was that's yeah that's the well, name i, I want to kind of redo it i kind of want to redo mine okay do, redo yours right now not right now okay we'll re- redo yours at the end of the study. season okay okay review it at the end of the season okay uh <laughs> so so on that note we're gonna go ahead and get out of here again Sean, thank you ever so much for joining us. Please tell everybody where they can con- consume your content. It's great stuff you guys are doing over there at Lakers Fast Break, but tell everyone where they can follow you and such. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate the time again, John. Yeah, you can follow us on uh, YouTube.com slash Lakers Fast Break. Um, I'm on Facebook and IG, Magic Man, Lakers Sean 3215. Just hit me up. 
Always love talking ball. Uh, John's been a hospitable host. Uh, I'm glad we uh, we found each other in this uh, big old world that uh, keeps on spinning. But it's been a great conversation. Appreciate it, boys. Matthew, where can Thank they follow you? you? I'm Matthew Lissy. I sometimes write on Bright Side of the Sun. And I am excited for the season. Thank you, Sean, again. Um, we will probably have, I think, the over-under, uh, over six podcasts together this this season. At least, I, right? Should I say I can, 82? Oh, yeah. no, let's go six. Let's <laughs> start with six. Six, six is good. <laughs> six yeah. sounds good. I'll go, I'll go five and a half. Okay. I like to give myself those halves just in case. So uh, again, thank you, Sean. Can't, can't thank you enough for joining us for this podcast. Yeah. Great basketball conversation. A reminder, Jamsters to subscribe, rate and review wherever you're consuming this content. If you are on Apple podcast, give us five stars, write a review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. Make sure that you follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter, and you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Uh, media day is coming up next week. So be sure to, uh, stay tuned to Brightside for all the, the the fun questions that we'll be asking there at Media Day. And who knows, maybe Matthew and I will have a live podcast from Suns Media Day. So looking forward to all that. Until then, Jamsters, we hope you have a fantastic evening. And Matthew, go home and love your family. Take care. Everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.